if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And joining us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 23rd morning of the first month of the year of our Lord 2020. We are packed today. Coming up at 935, the return of the brilliant Daniel Horowitz. Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review is going to be joining us to discuss the impeachment trial. Yes, but also why it is that New York City refuses to prosecute and hold criminals if those criminals are from foreign countries. An astounding statistic revealed this week that Daniel wrote about, 200, 200 of the thousands of criminal charges against illegal aliens who had had ICE detainers requested, 200 of them were for homicides, 200 New York City illegal aliens with ignored ICE detainers were charged with homicide, and New York let them all go. This is astounding, especially when you consider the fact that New York is one of the two major cities that is being allowed to decide, or states anyway, to decide uh, the leadership of the United States of America, because it's a bunch of New York Democrats along with some California Democrats who are trying to impeach the president. These are the people that you want to trust your safety to? Their judgment? Unbelievable. Daniel Horowitz will tell us more coming up at 9.35. At 10.10, Dr. Everett Piper joins us on the impeachment trial and more. And at 10.35, we've got a candidate who's trying to unseat the almost immovable Marcy Kaptur as the 9th Congressional District Representative. It would be a huge, huge feather in the cap of the Republican Party in the state of Ohio. If Rob Weber is able to do that, he will uh, talk to us coming up at 1035 about that effort. And we'll ask him, we'll ask everybody who talks to us today about the impeachment trial, and that includes you. When you dial 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Dial me up and tell me what your thoughts are on what you've heard and seen so far. By the way, outside of the, the impeachment trial and the rest, uh, I just want to say how extraordinary it is, how exciting it is to know that President Trump is about to become the first president in history to address, to attend and address the March for Life 
convention slash march slash movement slash uh, activism, whatever you want to call it. Tomorrow is the annual March for Life. No president has ever addressed the March for Life since its inception, not including uh, other pro-life Republicans. George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, nobody has ever addressed the March for Life convention or March for Life uh, before. And tomorrow on the National Mall at Washington, D.C., where my daughter and some of her Hillsdale College classmates, by the way, busloads of them, will be in attendance. President Trump is going to speak tomorrow with a firm voice in defense of life, all life, all the way up to, from the moment of conception, all the way up to and past birth, and flying in the face of the pro-abortionists who are looking for uh, more opportunities and trying to protect opportunities to have those babies killed. So President Trump, uh, right out of the gate, uh, thank you and congratulations. This, all while this impeachment trial is going on, he continues to work for the people and continues to work on behalf of those who voted for him. These are what he was sent to Washington, D.C. Many of these things are what he was sent to D.C. to do. All right, let's dive into what happened yesterday. Adam Schiff droned on and on and on and on some more. Uh, Just hours and hours and hours of ridiculous Democrat theatrics in their opening statements as the House managers took all of the time that they could, and they're going to continue to drag this out with more of it tomorrow, trying to uh, continue to tell us that the president's uh, investigation of Ukrainian uh, corruption was somehow, some way politically motivated, and thus it was an abuse of his power. And then he stopped them from looking into, stopped Congress from looking into his abuse of power, meaning he committed obstruction of just, uh, obstruction of Congress. It is a joke. It is comedic, but it is what we heard for hours and hours and hours yesterday. Uh, senators were getting up and leaving the room. They couldn't take it much longer. They were bored. They were tired. They heard the same repetitive story again and again and again. I'm not going to make you listen to hours of it. I'll give you about a minute and a half of it, though. On the basis of this egregious misconduct, the House of Representatives returned two articles of impeachment against the president. First, charging the President Trump corruptly abused the powers of the presidency to solicit foreign interference in the upcoming presidential election for his personal political benefit. And second, the President Trump obstructed an impeachment inquiry into that abuse of power in order to cover up his misconduct. The House did not take this extraordinarily, extraordinary step lightly. As we will discuss, impeachment exists for cases in which the conduct of the President rises beyond mere policy disputes to be decided otherwise and without urgency at the ballot box. Instead, we are here today to consider a much more grave matter, and that is an attempt to use the powers of the presidency to cheat in an election. For precisely this reason, the president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box, for we cannot be assured that the vote will be fairly won. And that's all I wanted you to hear. That's the only part of this that means anything. Adam Schiff is telling us that the president cannot be allowed to be on the ballot in November because if he is and he wins, we will not be able to believe that it was a legitimate election. So in other words, what Adam Schiff and the rest of the demon rats are doing is not only claiming that his victory in 2016 was illegitimate, that his potential victory in 2020 will also be illegitimate. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I'm old enough to remember when Hillary Clinton and the rest of the demon rats involved in the 2016 race went to every microphone they could find prior to the 2016 election and declared that it would be unpatriotic if Donald Trump doesn't accept the results of the election. You may remember Donald Trump, back when he was running for president in 2016, did raise the question of whether or not it would be a legitimate election because he was concerned about voter uh, fraud. He was concerned about illegals casting ballots. He was concerned about the vote count, etc., etc. And the left took that as, oh, well, if he loses, he's not going to concede. He's not going to accept the results of the election. He's going to say that it was rigged. That would be unpatriotic. Fast forward three years to right now, And what do you hear? Democrats from the House, from the Senate, candidates in the election, all saying the same thing. We can't allow there to be an election. We cannot allow an election. If Donald Trump is on the ballot, we can't do it because it will not be legitimate. Such an election will be tainted by fraud. Now, they'll have no evidence of it, none, but they will say that because Donald Trump wanted a Ukrainian president to investigate corruption in his, in his country before we gave them billions of dollars in aid. And that corruption happened to entail something having to do with the former vice president's son, that somehow, some way, the election will be tainted? Somehow President Trump's win will not be valid? Now you know why they're doing what they're doing with such urgency. Now you know why they rushed through the impeachment process in the House in just 48 days. Now you know why. And it's not new, but it's just very interesting to hear it confirmed from their mouths. I and many others who have been following this closely, studying it, reading it, and and listening to it, have been saying this is not about corruption. This is not about actual impeachment, impeachable offenses. This is about getting them off the ballot. Because if he's on the ballot... He's going to win again. There's there's just no doubting it. If he's allowed to run again, he will win again. The economy says so. Foreign policy successes say so. More money in American pockets says so. More jobs than ever before say so. And that's why they have to get him off of the ballot. That's why you just heard Andrew Schiff. We cannot allow this to be cited by the people in a democratic process called an election because we can't trust the people. They may vote for this guy again. And when they do, we have to have laid the groundwork for the fact that, well, they were, they were swayed by foreign interference. They were, they, the the, the uh, uh, actual outcome of the election will have been impacted in some way by foreign interference, just like Russia did in 2016. It is embarrassing. It truly is embarrassing. Pivoting to the other side now, Jay Sekulow, one of the president's attorneys, and of course you hear Jay Sekulow live, that program every day right here on AM 1420, The Answer, spoke to reporters about what his read is uh, after the opening statements made now for two days by Adam Schiff and the rest of the demon rats. Well, I've been in a, I've been in a, I'm sure he's fine. I've been in a hearing all day, as you all have been. So, I mean, I, I'm, look, I'm not going to, convert, I'm not going to have conversations about the president's mood. I think this, this whole fact that we're here is ridiculous. I mean, think about why we're here. I said that at the beginning of when we spoke yesterday, which seems like about two weeks ago. But the truth of the matter is, why are we here? 
Are we having an impeachment over a phone call? Or has this been a three-year attempt to take down a president that was duly elected by the American people? And we're doing this with 10 months to go to a general election. Pretty dangerous for our republic, in my Pretty dangerous for our republic, indeed. We are trying to take down a president 10 months before the people can decide whether they want to take down the president because he knows, he being Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and the, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden... And anybody else who is hopeful that the Democrats can win back the White House know that they cannot beat Donald Trump. And he's right. Why are we here over a phone call? Absolutely not. We play these montages every day. Every day of demon rats calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump long before July of last year uh, and a phone call that was made uh, to Ukraine. This has nothing to do with that, which is why the left has to go and, and reach you know, as far as they are, stretching and reaching to try to find crimes where there are none, including quid pro quo. You remember that, right? The Democrats accused Trump of trying to establish a quid pro quo deal with Zelensky, saying, you give something to me, I'll give something to you. You give me some corruption stories, or at least the announcement of the investigation of corruption, of Burisma and Hunter Biden, and by extension, Joe Biden, and then I'll give you uh, um, military aid. That's what they alleged. Why wasn't that in the articles of impeachment? Because they can't prove it. Because Donald Trump's releasing of the classified phone call transcript proves there was no quid pro quo, and yet here's Adam Schiff stretching on the floor of the Senate in this trial using the words quid pro quo. Jay Sekulow hit him for that. There's a lot of things I'd like to rebut, and we will rebut. I mean, I think we said it yesterday. This, you know, first of all, you, you, you notice that Adam Schiff today talked about quid pro quo. Notice what's not in the articles of impeachment, allegations or accusations of quid pro quos. That's because they didn't exist. So, you know, there's a lot of things we'll rebut, but we'll do it in an orderly and, I hope, more systematic fashion. You know what else was in the articles of was not in the articles of impeachment, but they said during their uh, inquiry, bribery. President's guilty of bribery. They went on CNN and said bribery. Went on MSNBC and said bribery. Went to the Washington Post and New York Times and said bribery, 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 bribery. You know what was not in the articles of impeachment? The word bribery. Because it doesn't exist. And yet they use those talking points when standing uh, before the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and the 100 members of the United States Senate. Words that they could not put in the actual articles because they're unprovable, because they don't exist, they are still using in their talking points and, yes, indeed, in their opening statements. It is, a, it is an astounding thing to see. It is, a, is it, a, it is an embarrassing thing to see, but more importantly, it's a, more, it's a very, very dangerous thing to see for the presidency of the United States. 921, back after this. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420. The Answer. Twenty-six. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We got uh, Daniel Horowitz coming on in about uh, ten minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about the impeachment proceedings, but we're also going to talk about New York City and why it is uh, the largest city in America, well, the largest city, one of the largest cities in the world, continues to enable foreign um, 
uh, illegal aliens to commit crimes without punishment and without being held for prosecution of those crimes. It's simply a it's a staggering statistic, and you're going to hear it coming up with Daniel Horowitz. I want to go back, though, to a little bit more of the audio uh, from yesterday's impeachment hearings and the reactions thereof. I've, I know I'm kind of hitting a lot of uh, uh, Jay Seculo here, so let me move to Doug Collins. Representative Doug Collins was on Laura Ingram last night discussing what he heard from Adam Schiff and from the rest of the Democrats in the House manager's opening statements uh, made over the period of, what, 13 straight hours. I mean, think about this. Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler in particular, who went on a giant tirade last night, you know, talking about the Senate, what they're trying to do is do two things. Well, number one, they want to say that the if they don't do something now, the election is rigged. Everybody needs to be aware of that. And number two, they're saying if the Senate doesn't do what they want them to do, then the Senate is corrupt. But let me just say something. For everybody who's watched the Democratic primary presidential field, that clown car can't win. They keep getting out and they just keep getting worse. Because when compared to the president, who has actually had something to run on, trade deals, economy, that's booming, a foreign policy that works. They know that they can't win on the facts. So they're trying to do everything they can to undermine a president who has done everything he said he would do, which is unique in politics, but he's not only done what he said he would do, he's followed through and reached out to millions of Americans who have been cut out of a system, African Americans, Hispanics, who are at, their high, at the lowest unemployment rate in years. They're being put into the system. Things like the First Step Act, like criminal justice reform, where this president reaches out, where all the Democrats have done is use them as political pawns. This is why you're you're seeing what you're seeing on the floor, a rehash of tall tales, lies, and dishonesty when they know they can't have candidates who can beat him at the ballot box. So what do you do? You disenfranchise people. You tell them that they can't do it. There's the key. You you just heard it. It's what I said a few minutes ago, but, but that's the key word, disenfranchisement. They're literally trying to take the votes away from the people. Not only disenfranchise the 63 million, spread out over 30 states. People need to continue to remember that when they talk about Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Donald Trump won 30 states. Hillary Clinton won 20. It was an electoral college landslide. It's exactly why the electoral college exists, why the framers uh, made it that way. But um, disenfranchising 30 states and 63 million people who voted in 2016, that's what an impeachment does. It also, and is intended, you heard Adam Schiff say it, we can't entrust the removal of the president and the judgment of his corrupt actions, says Adam Schiff of Donald Trump, to the people. We can't just give them another vote. Lord only knows what they're going to do. They'll probably vote for him again. So it's a disenfranchisement of the people who voted in 2016, and they want to disenfranchise by not even giving President Trump an opportunity to be on the ballot in 2020. Let me give you one more piece here before the uh, bottom of the hour news. John Radcliffe, also a part of the president's team, talking about, I think this is the best analogy I've heard yet. It's impossible to know, but I just have to finish by asking. Do you expect to hold all Republican members of the Senate? I expect to hold all Republican members and to pick up a bunch of Democrats. This is such. So if a- that happens, and I mean, it seems like it could. What was the point of all of this? To dirty up the president, to uh, influence the Senate races, to make senators take tough votes, uh, to beat up the president, uh, to hopefully influence his uh, reelection chances. Um, this is going to be, um, you know, the president's arguments as they're presented to the American people, as I've said uh, over the last few days, it's going to be like killing a fly with a sledgehammer. Um, this, this impeachment fails factually, legally, constitutionally. There's nothing there. Um, our yeah. mutual friend, Andy McCarthy, I think, said it best. He said this is the Seinfeld impeachment. It's the impeachment where nothing happened. Where the-
That's the best analogy I've heard. I didn't hear that from Andy McCarthy. My first time was hearing it from John Ratcliffe. You remember that if you're a Seinfeld fan, right? It was dubbed the show about nothing. That's what this impeachment is. It's the impeachment show about nothing. We'll be back after the news. Now we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you, appreciate you being with us. Don't forget, Dr. Everett Piper is going to be joining us at the top of the next hour on a host of issues. Impeachment trial, the demon rats losing their ever-loving minds. He wrote a piece for the Washington Times uh, this past Friday that uh, uh, we're going to share with you. It's uh, it's pretty eye-opening when you really see how uh, insane things have gotten. We're also going to talk to him about the Denver Post columnist that we discussed yesterday. A Denver Post columnist was fired from his job for criticizing and condemning the Associated Press for declaring that there are more than two genders. Uh, he wrote an article, or wrote a column rather, uh, the editors disagreed with it, and apparently free speech doesn't exist in the Denver Post because he was fired for saying that there are XX chromosomes, there are XY chromosomes, and that is it. So uh, we'll talk to Dever, uh, Ever, Dr. Everett Piper rather about that coming up at the top of the hour, actually shortly after at about 10.10. Joining us now, though, as promised, making a long-awaited return to our program, is our friend uh, Daniel Horowitz. Daniel Horowitz is a senior editor at Conservative Review. You can see him on CRTV, and he is a best-selling author as well. Daniel, good morning, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. Welcome back, stranger. Yeah, it's so good to hear from you. I know you're very, very busy. I know you're doing your own shows, and I know you're doing all kinds of other... I still don't understand where you find the hours in a day to write as many different columns, as well-researched and sourced as they are, that you do for conservative review. But um, one of them caught my eye, Daniel, and you know it because I asked you to come on after I saw this uh, over the weekend. Um, and that's the number of, of crimes being committed by illegal aliens in New York City that are essentially being... Uh, being allowed, uh, uh, quite frankly, by New York City officials through their sanctuary policy. I'm going to read just some of the stats from your column, and then I'll let you uh, discuss it. Last year, ICE lodged 7,526 detainers by the New York Bureau Field Office. This according to the uh, acting ICE director, Matthew Albans. Criminals against whom these detainers were lodged accounted for 17,873 criminal convictions and another 6,500 criminal charges. Then Albans revealed that included among those crimes were 200 homicides, over 500 robberies, over 1,000 sexual offenses, and 1,000 weapons offenses, over 3,500 assaults, and 1,500-plus DUIs. How many detainers were honored by New York City officials uh, uh, out of all of these requests to notify ICE before these dangerous foreign criminals were released? Ten. Ten. I was astounded by that, Daniel. Thank you for giving us the info. Now tell us what it all means. 
Bob, if you look at the juxtaposition of what the left is doing, before we get into the weeds, let's mm-hmm. just look at broadly. Flood the country with endless foreign criminals. Open up the jail doors of domestic prisoners and domestic criminals and take away guns of law-abiding citizens. Just think about that for a moment. If Republicans would relentlessly run on this message, relentlessly expose and accentuate the radicalism of what the left is doing on these issues that a lot of people don't even realize, they would win with flying colors. That's a political point. But um, specifically, look, the foundation is no matter how much crime illegal aliens commit, every one of them is 100% preventable because they shouldn't be here. And if it's a repeat offense, then it certainly is. See, in the American system, you know I write about this a lot, that increasingly all 50 states are moving away from incarceration. Now, mm-hmm. I strongly disagree with that, but, you know, sentencing is being reduced, uh, abolishing bail, certainly in New York, which is doubling up with the sanctuary policies to create one big uh, public safety nightmare. So American criminals... Really, look, if you're caught on gun charges, you're caught doing robbery, you're barely serving time, if at all, and you're going to be back 75% of the time, you're going to be committing more crime. But if we catch other countries criminal, oh my gosh, we have enough of our own, there's no reason they shouldn't be out of here in a flash. I mean, we could all agree to that. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, we certainly don't need to harbor other countries criminal. Sanctuary policies, as you noted, with ICE detainers, it's exclusively dealing with foreign nationals who have come into contact with local police in a jail. They did something else wrong because uh, local police don't go around enforcing immigration law. Right. So they're caught for drug trafficking. They're caught for murder, rape, you name it. Um, it would be bad enough if they didn't commit a lot of crime, but all those cr- crimes would be 100% avoidable. But the reality is they commit a massive degree of crime, and I've tried to parse this out in many different ways over the years, as you well know from my column at Conservative Review. I do this pretty much almost every week, but these numbers are astounding. So let's take the murder figure. Among those subject to ICE detainers, there were 200 murder charges and or convictions. That's just one year's net of ICE detainers in the New York City area, which my understanding is it's the five boroughs of the city and nine surrounding counties. Okay. I took a look at how many murders were committed last year in those those uh, counties, that surrounding area. And it was 359. Now, look, I'm not going to tell you that illegal aliens who, according to few compose about 6% of the population there, maybe it's a little bit higher, that they commit two-thirds of the crime, of, of the murder, because some of those are from prior years, or sometimes they lodge a detainer and find that there were prior and other previous years. It could even be international. Sometimes they're wanted for murder in Mexico or wherever else. But let me tell you, Bob, that's a heck of a number, and it is inconceivable that they don't commit a larger share of the murder pie than their share of the pie of the population. 
That is uh, that is exactly right. It is inconceivable. There's no way to to possibly to see to see that otherwise. Um, what I want to know is when we talk about what is it ten just ten detainers uh, um, that were honored uh, amongst all of those violent crimes and all of those um, uh, uh, detainers that were requested. Daniel is what is the other side saying? What was the response to Albans's pre- uh, press conference on Friday? Because I would hope it would be shame. It would be an apology. It would be we need to rethink our our methodology here because that is terrible we agree and i know that's not what they said there there, there was no response the the um press conference was in response to what they were doing so this started out when and, and again this happens every day you know i try to chronicle them but it's often hard to get immigration history um right. i i try to have at least one of these every week there are murders driving infant terrible murders i had one in california i was dealing with where a guy just you know, purposely rammed the car, killed three teenage boys. I have it on good word. The guy is an illegal alien. I can't get it on the record. But I'm just telling you, this happens every day, and it goes unreported. But there was one particularly gruesome incident. Um, So what you have in New York right now is the amalgamation of jailbreak and sanctuary. In other words, even among American criminals, nobody is being held pre-trial, um, on uh, even even with uh, bail requirements, they're being let out without bail. Right, because it's unfair to the impoverished uh, accused to to, exactly. p- to be able to post bail is what they've argued. Right. This is an insane crime wave. I'm sure you've seen all the stories in New York, even divorced from illegal immigration. But that is aggravating the sanctuary policies because even if ICE now remember what they said at that press conference, ICE has. Uh, well, the number of detainers are 50 times greater than the number of ICE agents there. Remember, ICE nationwide, there are 3 million known criminals that already are in the system, have been targeted for removal and remain in the country, and yet there are only 6,000 deportation officers. To give your audience a sense of context, the NYPD is tw- has 20,000, and ICE is national in scope. So they really... You know, if you want to talk about funding, ICE really needs it a lot more than Border Patrol, actually. Um, but, of course, that hasn't happened. So, anyway... And meanwhile, and ju- just, just to throw it on, which you already sure. know, and I want everybody else to know, despite that stat you just gave, 3 million who have been targeted for deportation, there's only 6,000 a- agents able to do this, uh, the left wants to continue to shrink, if not outright destroy ICE. We, we continue to hear it from the uh, AOCs of the world. They literally want... I, and, and Daniel, and I'm sorry to hijack your, your point here, but... All those criminal, uh, uh, violent crimes that you just layered, the stats that you wrote and that I, and that I read, um, isn't the majority, the vast majority of the victims of those homicides, robberies, sexual offenses, assaults, et cetera, et cetera, aren't they also illegal immigrants and generally speaking the same uh, ethnicity? Because most of these crimes to the tune of 80 to 90 percent, it's my understanding, occur within the same demographics of the actual perpetrator. So they're, they're literally saying it's okay to kill and harm all of these people in the immigrant community. You know, the Washington Post of all outlets actually had a good series on MS-13 in Maryland, and they talked about um, people they interviewed who seemed to be illegal immigrants, how they were saying this is exactly what we experienced in Honduras. It's the same thing. MS-13 would take over the neighborhood in Montgomery, PG County, Maryland, out right outside of uh, Washington, D.C., and they would uh, extort uh, ransom from them. 
Um, sure. I mean, the sexual assaults are almost exclusively in-house, I mean, among the same demographic. Obviously, when you start talking about the drunk driving, which is a huge, huge problem, it's, it's one of the most prone demographics, the drunk driving. Um, that could hit anyone, and it certainly does. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of people, but yes, it does very much harm the immigrant community. We've seen a lot of legal immigrants that have been killed by illegal aliens. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. And they never talk about those victims. That's the thing. Never, they never talk never. about those victims when they're never. advocating for the quote-unquote immigrant community in terms of the actual uh, perpetrators of crimes. They never talk about the victims of those perpetrators. I'm sorry. Please continue. Never, never do. And, and Republicans in the Senate, they control the Senate. It, it is stupefying to me how in the course of, of having full control or now two out, of, two out of three branches, they have never tried to engage in a protracted debate on this with any sanctuary legislation. But going back to the numbers, yes, there are 3 billion people in this country, according to the latest ICE report, that have been targeted for removal. And when you are targeted for removal, 95% of them have a criminal record because they don't have time to go after anyone else. Other countries' criminals very much often involved in transnational gangs and drug trafficking and worse remain in the country because of sanctuaries, because of a lack of resources, because of a lack of enforcement of our laws against shielding, harboring, um, concealing illegal aliens, encouraging, using 8 U.S.C. 1324. So this all came to the foray in New York City when the 92-year-old woman was found brutally raped and murdered in a street. She was kind of an iconic figure in Queens, and she was just found in the street. They first thought maybe she... Um, I don't know, she just killed over or something. But then they found out she was raped and everything, and they caught a guy. And it turned out that that guy is an illegal alien. But not only that, seven weeks prior, he was arrested for assault and, guess what, illegal firearm. And, you know, de Blasio, New York City, they don't, they're very big on gun control, but only for law-abiding citizens. It's actually an open-carry state now. If you're a criminal, you could assault someone with a deadly weapon, and you could just get released without bail. So they let him go in defiance of an ICE detainer. That makes this woman's murder 100% preventable. Okay, that, that is the key here. And this happens every day because, again, most murderers are repeat offenders. Very few people go from zero to 100, right, where there's no record of drugs, right. assault, um, robbery, and they just commit murder, murder one. It just, it's, it's pretty rare happen sometimes, but that makes almost every illegal alien murder 100% preventable, because that means that at some point, they pass through the hands of local law enforcement, and they weren't given over. So that is really what precipitated this. They have no answer. So what they did is they lied, and they said they didn't get the detainer. So ICE tweeted out the time-stamped copy of the detainer they sent. Um, but again, there, you hear a Sustained narrative from a critical mass of Republicans anywhere or conservative media banging away at this. And I understand this is impeachment week, but every week is. Every week is something else except for things we could actually affect and win on. Daniel Horowitz, uh, senior editor at Conservative Review, is our guest talking about the uh, unbelievable amount of uh, illegal immigrant crime that is being excused, essentially, as uh, New York City and New York uh, uh, City area officials continue to release them in spite of ICE detainers. Daniel, I wanted to ask your thoughts on the impeachment uh, proceedings thus far in the Senate trial. Do you have another minute for me? 
Sure. Okay, good. Let me ask you to hold on for a second. We'll get a quick time out here, and we'll finish this half hour with Daniel Horowitz next. Bob France, here on AM 1420. The Answer. All right, 953. Yeah, New York is what we've been talking about, no question. Uh, our friend Daniel Horwitz from Conservative Review back with us for one more short segment. Uh, Daniel, I want to pivot away from the ice in New York story and just ask your impressions. Adam Schiff yesterday, I thought the most uh, important thing that he said in his hours and hours and hours of ridiculous uh, theatrics, Adam Schiff said that we cannot trust the people. We cannot let the American people decide whether or not Trump's corrupt activities, in his view, uh, warrant his removal from office. We can't wait till the election in November because we can't trust that the election in November will be valid. Um, I remember when uh, uh, the left went crazy uh, over Donald Trump complaining potentially that the election could be rigged in 2016 and said that anybody who doesn't accept the results of an American election is unpatriotic uh, and that it is a danger to, Nash- to our democracy. So uh, it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing in advance of 2020. You know, exactly, Bob. I mean, that's what it is. This is all about one thing and one thing only. It's about keeping up a drumbeat of news that, and there's just this icky feeling about the president. He's impeached. He did stuff. But they know that nobody could really articulate. I, I don't even understand it myself, and I follow this all day. What is the is? I mean, with Clinton, whether you agreed with it or not, Everyone understood that. I did not have relations. You know, everyone remembers that. Whereas here, it's too cumbersome. No one even understands it. No one's following it. Um, the ratings are a bust outside of DC insiders. Nobody cares. But they just keep this general aura of negativity. And as we said in the preceding segment, what else are they going to do? What else are they going to talk about? They don't want to talk about these type of issues. They can't tell the general public what they really believe in because it's indefensible. So they have to keep it up on this. And this is why, personally, I believe it was a mistake to have a trial. I think they should have said you didn't even have a single eyewitness or firsthand witness testify. You didn't do your homework. Summarily dismiss it and move on and vote on sanctuary cities every day of the week. That's how you win an election. Um and, and I think the longer this goes on, I don't think it's going to harm Trump more just because it's dumb and no one understands it. But, you know, you don't score points on defense. I do think, though, that maybe he is scoring a few points on defense, defense because since this thing went to the articles, um, the polling has, has really, really uh, you know bumped Trump up. His approval rating has gone up since this impeachment thing began. I think a lot of people are pushing back, not just his base, but people who think that it is a, a terribly unfair process. Um, and I agree with you in that I would like you to just go away. We shouldn't even have the trial. Mitch McConnell should just summarily dismiss it. Lack of evidence, lack of witnesses, and so on and so forth. But... Um, would that do more damage um, it, to put him up for re-election saying they covered it up? The uh, House impeached him and the Senate wouldn't even look at it. If they did something like that, wouldn't that be worse for him politically? No, no, just, just, what, I'm, just what I'm telling you. The same reason Democrats aren't scoring points on it, <clears throat> Republicans aren't going to score points on defending it. Nobody understands it. I mean, normal people really don't understand it. Um, and again, we need to drive the narrative. We need to drive it. If the narrative is about what I just told you about last segment, uh, you cannot you cannot lose. I think a large part of why his numbers went up is that he looked very strong on countering Iran while also avoiding the war. Really did very well with that. 
Um, I think we need to get that said. The president himself tweeted out that it, that it should have been dismissed. Um, again, I, I just, to me, the longer this drags out, I don't think Dems are going to score on it. I, I don't think we will either. I just think there's going to be no runs, no hits, no errors. And uh, people that are in this industry care about it a lot more than everyone else. <laughs> Well, you're right about that. One, you you kind of just gla- uh, mentioned it, uh, uh, you know, glossing over the ratings. The ratings are terrible. The, I mean, you know, the, <laughs> when you compare this to the to the number of people that were watching by way of Nielsen ratings on television to, to the uh, ninety eight Clinton ninety nine Clinton impeachment and Senate trial, sure. compare that to now. And one would think that with more access available, because more networks now, more channels available, one would think that the they would be through the roof. But it's not. Americans are looking at this, knowing exactly what it is. That it's not about a July. 25th phone call that it's about uh wanting to impeach him from the day he the night he was elected to the day he was inaugurated i, I think that's why they're, they're this is politics as usual in washington why would i watch that exactly democrats are usually pretty good at imagery and sob stories and making it real but they made a big strategic mistake here they just picked something too too abstract i mean people have a hard time articulating in one sentence what did we do even people that don't like the president um, they might not like him because they don't like his personality, they don't like who he is, but what did he do in this case? I don't, it has something to do with Ukraine. I'm just telling you, speak to the <laughs> average person, yeah. that's what you're going to hear. No, you're 100% right. They don't. But, but you know, the time is running out on them. That's the thing. They said they would impeach him. They've been screaming since inauguration or day uh, that they were going to impeach him. We saw it in the Washington Post. Impeachment of Trump has begun. Um, and, and so they had nothing else. Once Russia fizzled, once the Mueller report proved to be a great big giant nothing burger, they're like, we're running out of time. What are we going to use against this guy? Well, I don't know. Let's try this phone call. It just seems like truly a Hail Mary at the end of a football game. Sure, and, and, and I also think there's a lot of other things Republicans could do to take the foreign influence to the next level. There's no greater foreign influence of elections than non-citizens voting in our elections. They could push legislation requiring states to check citizenship status in order to, to register to vote, um, enforce some of the provisions of the 93 Motor Voter Act that require clean voting rolls. There's a lot of ways they could turn this on its head, the Chinese espionage with mass Chinese migration. These are all things we're dealing with at Conservative Review. Again, I think we need to keep it real, keep it to the issues. Remember, the, the most insane thing about this whole impeachment thing is that we have a president being impeached. For what? For not giving aid to a foreign country. I mean, imagine our founders being told that that would be the punchline here. You know, he withheld aid from Ukraine. They'd be like, what? What aid? What does that mean? <laughs> um, I mean, it just, in other words, he conducted foreign insane. policy. He conducted foreign policy as the president and only the president has the authority to do. He made the call, and the, and there is a disagreement over foreign policy, and they tried to impeach him over it. That's the the end of the game here. Uh, Daniel uh, Horowitz, I almost called you Daniel Review because I wanted to say conservativereview dot com is where you will find Daniel Horowitz's work as well as on CRTV. Daniel, thank you, my friend. It's been far too long since we chatted. I really appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to coming back. God bless. Thank you, sir. God bless you, too. Uh, 10 o'clock, news time now. Dr. Everett Piper, next.